My guest this week is Natalie Haley, and she's inspiring future female entrepreneurs from her base in Cumbria. We talk about understanding how content marketing can help your business, putting together content for your ideal customer, and how she became entrepreneur-in-residence at Lancaster University. Welcome to episode 161 of the Marketing and Finance Podcast. This is the podcast for ideas and inspiration on marketing your business and growing your business and for discussing topics on all things finance. I'm Roger Edwards, a marketing guy and keynote speaker from Edinburgh, helping you keep your marketing strategies simple and the BS at bay. Hey folks and welcome to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Thanks, as always, for downloading or streaming the show. I really do appreciate you taking the time to plug me and my guests into your earphones. So this week, my guest is Natalie Haley. We chat about how to come up with content ideas for your business, the problems businesses have understanding content marketing, why knowing your target customer is crucial, why consistency is key to long-term success, why Natalie's passionate about supporting female entrepreneurs and becoming entrepreneur-in-residence at Lancaster University. So let's get straight into that interview with Natalie right here on the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Natalie, welcome to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Hi, Roger. How are you doing today, Natalie? I'm good, thank you. It's, it's great to be here. And where are we Zooming each other from today, Natalie? I'm in Edinburgh, as always. Yeah, I'm very jealous about that, although I can't really complain. I am in Cumbria, a lovely part of the UK, if a little wet, but the sun is shining today. <laughs> I actually spent five years living in Cumbria. I was in um, oh. based in Kendal for five years. In fact, I got married in Kendal nearly 25 years ago, so it is a yeah. part of the world that I am aware of. Yeah, it's a very small world. I'm only about 20 minutes from Kendall, so very small world. <laughs> Natalie, we've got a lot to talk about today. You are you run a business called Hot Content, um, yeah. and I think that's an amazing name for a business. You <laughs> help people create content, and, and it could be that your customers are from the financial services industry, but it could just as easily be any individual or personal brand that's wanting to promote their image by using content. So you help people in many different ways. But you're also, and this is really intriguing, you're also known as the entrepreneur in residence at Lancaster University. So I'd really like to find out a little bit about that. But before we get into those topics, Natalie, give the listeners of the Marketing and Finance podcast a little bit of background about yourself, where you came from, what makes you tick, Natalie? Yeah, okay. My background, what I used to do is very, very different actually to what I do now. I'm um, ashamed to say I used to be involved in the world of estate agency for about 10 years. Um, and it was something that I kind of fell into. I Once I'd done my A-levels, I didn't really know what I wanted to do at university and I didn't want to go and just waste it. So I thought I'll take a gap year and ended up just getting um, a, a job in an estate agency and then never left. I kind of um, worked my way up through the ranks and there was a, a part of me that, that you know really did enjoy it. Um, so stayed within that and sort of worked my way up through the ranks for, for about 10 years. But 
my heart was never really in it, Roger, if I'm honest. Mm -hmm. And then I had my children who are now four and five. And it was after I'd had the children, I knew that I wanted to be able to work flexibly. And I had actually just, well, when my daughter was very little and I was actually pregnant with my son, I did um, an open university degree in English literature. Um, I love words uh, and writing. And um, once I'd completed that degree, when the children were very, very small, I decided to do courses in copy editing and proofreading. And I did that for about a year. And then as I was was going along, um, I was asked by various people to kind of proofread the content on their website. So normally I'd be proofreading for publishers, you know, fiction or nonfiction, but every so often I would take a look through somebody's website. That kind of happened more and more. And then people started asking, you know, would you be willing to just, you know, write some content for us? You know, we find it really difficult to write about ourselves and write about our own business. Is that something that you would do? And because I love writing, I sort of thought, well, I'll, I'll dip my toe in and I'll, I'll give it a go. Over the course of the next few months, I just kind of realized that there was a real need out there, a real gap. Those people who have a new website built or perhaps have a website with content on, but they're really not happy with it. And I think people do find it very difficult to write about themselves. That's when I kind of set up set up the business, really. I set up hot content. A big part of still what I do is uh, providing small businesses and entrepreneurs with content. Uh, whether it's blog content or website content. But I've sort of moved now more into the working with people, whether that's through in-house training or through workshops. Um, I'm just about to launch a, an online course on, on blogging. Um, so I've moved more towards actually working alongside people. And, um, and I actually really enjoy that part of it. So that's kind of how I ended up where I am today, really. Is the content that you're helping people produce, Natalie, is it mainly written content or are you also looking at audio and video as well? And what sort of companies have you worked for so far and what sort of content have you created for them? Um, so a lot of the companies that I've worked for today have been local to to me, so mainly Cumbria-based. And Cumbria has such a wide range of, of businesses. They're usually uh, small businesses, small family-run businesses. So I've worked on anything from uh, website content um, for producers of cosmetics and toiletries and that kind of thing to fuel companies, blogs for fuel companies, blogs for chocolate shops, such a range. But there are also, and what, what I have found, and I think that's this is something that you do find when you, you go into business, sometimes it takes you down a path rather than you deciding. Mm. Um, I've realized that there are a lot of um, women in our area who have their own businesses, who perhaps you know, currently are fitting their businesses around their families and their businesses are kind of just taking over because they um, want to be able to do the school run and still you know, do everything else within the household. But I've just become so aware of all the talent that the that there is in the area and have set up a local group where we meet once a month to um, have a workshop on a different element of online marketing. Um, so I've started to work more and more with with women, um, I would say female entrepreneurs, really. But yeah, a real a real range today, which is nice to have that variety. That's quite interesting, actually, you should mention there a couple of the the um, areas of the companies that you're working with and one of them mm. that you mentioned there was fuel and I'm mm. sitting here thinking well you know sometimes I struggle coming up with topics 
for mm. the financial services industry. But on the on the face of it, talking about fuel sounds mm. like it must be quite a, a a dull subject or quite a dry subject to 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 find lots of content ideas for. So it's perhaps something we can explore as mm. to how you help people come up with content ideas for things that actually a lot of people may well there's not a lot you can really say about fuel is there well you you wouldn't perhaps think so but funnily enough when you get an a4 piece of paper out and a a pen or a whiteboard and a marker you'd be amazed (laughs) and i think um yeah like you say it probably um is the same um, many of your listeners you know may also feel that because they're involved in the world of finance perhaps that they don't perhaps you know, feel that it's that interesting and, and would perhaps struggle to think about what to write about. But I think when you're addressing people's problems and questions specifically, it's amazing how much content you can you can produce. I mean, for example, with the coal, of course, it's not something that any of us can get particularly excited about, but it's something that if you have a log burn or a fire, it's something that you actually have to think about because you have to think about the right kind of fuel. And unless you're involved in that world and are particularly clued up on on the different types of fuel and which is more economical and all the rest of it then you tend not to know that much about it so if you come across a blog which is explaining all about the different types of coal which last the longest which are more economical which are cleanest then you're, you're very likely to want to read that because it's actually helping you in some way and providing you with value and I think you can relate that to any any industry really. So, I, yeah. I, I guess it's really, isn't it, it's just thinking about the sort of questions people are going to ask. Mm. So again, using the example of coal there, I'm just mm. thinking, what would the questions be that I'm going to ask about coal? So one, how long will it burn? Two, how smoky is it going to be? Can I burn it with the um, clothes hanging on the washing line? Can I burn it if there are neighbours are out in the garden? Where's it from? And um, is it contributing to global warming once you start thinking about it you you're right you could populate that a4 piece of paper and of course the answer to all of those questions i've come up with and and presumably anybody could come up with a hell of a lot more Mm. then forms the basis of the content that you would produce for that fuel Mm. provider absolutely and i think for that that company in particular as well and perhaps for the business they were a um, a family, a long established family business. And so from time to time, they could bring in different elements such as, you know, the history of the business, you know, what was happening within the family, because they were quite well known in the local area. So yeah, sometimes it's just, you know, about bringing the, you know, bringing your personality into things as well and not being afraid to to share sort of some personal information about, you know, the the family behind the business or the people behind the business. I think that that helps to to draw people into your content as well. And of course, you and I talk about content because we are both content marketers. We both use content to engage with our customers, to get them to know us more and get them to like us and get them to trust us. Do you find, though, that when you're talking to prospective customers out there, that there is this sort of, well, what is this content stuff all about? And, you know, do I really need to have a blog on my website? Do you find that there's a bit still a quite a lot of resistance to this or even, even just that people just don't know? Mm, I do. I really do, Roger. And um, I don't know whether I, I'm kind of reluctant to say, but I also don't know whether there's regional aspects to this as well where I am you know we're in quite a rural 
area really mm -hmm. so whether it is different if you were to you know if, if you're in london perhaps perhaps people's attitudes towards these kind of things are different i'm not sure but um it's definitely one of the main struggles that i've had um is yeah i think people are so used to hearing the words blog blogging um and they are constantly being told that they need to have a blog but I'm still not convinced that people still truly understand why and actually how it can actually help them grow the business and actually get them clients. I think a lot of companies that uh, start with a blog are sort of almost just going through the motions rather than truly believing in the process and truly having that faith that that it, it can actually help them in the in the long term to grow their business. And I think the other sort of stumbling block sometimes is that people want a quick fix. And as you and I both know, Roger, uh, content marketing isn't a quick fix. It's a long term strategy. Um, so I think sometimes it's about getting people into the right mindset. I mean, I know for myself, one thing that I think back to on a daily basis is Mark Schaefer's, you know, 30 month mindset, his theory that it takes around 30 months to gain traction through through content marketing. So, yeah, I, I definitely think that there are still an awful lot of people out there who, you know, hear all the buzzwords, um, but but don't necessarily feel committed to it and understand how it's genuinely going to help their business. I think you've just highlighted two of the most important misconceptions that people have about marketing in general today funnily enough just before we were, we were speaking before I was actually doing a podcast interview with somebody else and I was actually a guest on their podcast and these very subjects came up mm -hmm. and I think one of the problems we have these days is that a lot of people if you ask them what marketing is they will say it's some sort of communication so mm -hmm. it's content or it's an advert or it's using social media and of course, communication is a very important part of marketing, but marketing isn't just about the communication. Marketing is also about identifying a group of people who mm -hmm. could be your customers, working out what those people's problems are, and then coming up with a solution to those people's problems. And that solution is usually a product or a service. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people these days, a lot of companies want to dive straight into the communication bit because that's what they think marketing is. And therefore, oh, we need to have a blog or we need to do content or we need to be on Twitter or we need to be doing video. But they haven't actually done the basics of defining their customer segment, defining what their proposition is, to use jargon, their <laughs> offer. And then once they've got that nailed, yes, you can then start to produce your communication. And if the communication that you want to use is content, then then fine. But unless you have those basics, it is actually difficult to communicate with people. Once mm. you know what your proposition is, once you know which customers are, then you can start listening to the questions that those people are asking about the sort of service you offer, about the um, about the ins and outs of what you offer, and then of course the answers to those questions, as you said, and the mm. examples that you gave before with the the um, fuel company is. The answers to those questions provides you with the ideas for the content. Mm. But I do think these days a lot of people just tend to want to die straight into the communication, even if they haven't actually got anything to communicate. And then yeah. the second thing you mentioned there was the longevity and, and the commitment. And, and, and you're absolutely right. Mm. Sometimes, and I think this comes from 
quite big companies because they have such short-term obsessions with meeting the next city declaration as how they've met their profit targets. Mm. Everybody assumes that all of these things are going to be successful and are going to happen really quickly. But you're right, you've got to be consistent and you might have to be consistent for 30 plus months. So if you're going to do a blog, you know, you're going to be in it for 30 plus months. If you're going to do a podcast, you're going to be in it for 30 plus months. And then you're going to start to see um, some pretty positive responses. But if you get disheartened after a couple of weeks, then you know, it's not going to work because you have to have that long-term commitment. Absolutely. And I do think, I've actually just produced a blog on this about how to be more consistent with your content. And I think I think that is one of the main barriers and one of the main reasons why people either give up or, you know, are really sporadic with it is because they don't have that, as I've mentioned before, because they don't deep down believe in what they're doing. Mm. And I think if you don't have that, belief and that trust and that faith then it is very hard it is very hard to carry on and um i think another thing that you you mentioned was about knowing who you're who you're marketing to Mm -hmm. i know for the first few months of my business um speaking from my experience i felt very confused i hadn't worked out who it was i was marketing marketing to i thought oh well it's probably small to medium-sized businesses well i mean that's as you know it's way too broad and when you when you're stuck in that sort of place of not really understanding who you're supposed to be talking to through your content it it is much more difficult again and it's a barrier to to actually sitting down to write or produce video or podcasts whatever it is um and i know for myself once i went through the process of of working out who my ideal client was it's almost like a penny dropping yes everything just slots into place and yeah you're writing everything it just all becomes so much easier because you almost have this image of a of a particular person in your head and you know what they want to hear from you and what they need to hear from you and and everything just flows so I think if there's if there's one thing that that is just crucial it's that it's working out who who you need to be connecting with through your through your content definitely so you were mentioned before about the group that you've set up locally and the majority of people who come to this group are women in business tell me a little bit about how that got started and, and how it's progressing yeah um really there was nothing in my local area and um, so I thought, well, I'll just see what response I get. And I put a Facebook post up, I think, on a, a Friday afternoon. And by the Saturday morning, there were about 30-odd people um, signed up to come to a first first meetup. Um, and it was a big decision in the first place. I opened it up to just just women. And it's something that I've kind of questioned as I've gone along, um, how ethical that is, if you like. <laughs> but <laughs> the same, because I have absolutely nothing against men, Roger. They all have their place. But um, it's something that, yeah, I, I do question from time to time. But at the same time, it's such a um, close group of women and everyone's so open and honest and um, everyone feels it's such an open forum. And I just a few people have come up to me and said, you know, I just feel so comfortable because it's all women. I feel able to to speak openly. So I probably will will keep it like that. But each time we do a, a workshop on a different element of, of online marketing, and it's really just highlighted to me this phenomenon almost that of, of really talented, creative women, many of whom I don't feel are 
able at this point to to fulfill their potential and I just think if I can help through teaching people about online marketing if I can help them to fulfill their potential then that gives me immense satisfaction because because of the internet and the way we can all use content marketing we all have that opportunity you know to to reach so many more people and to fulfill our potential and still be able to have a flexible lifestyle um and regardless of location so for me it's become a bit of a a mission and a passion for me really is to to work with women and help them to um to to do the best they can um, while still having to do all the other things that they have and want to do so. yeah I, I think again but even though we live in a world where all the information that we could ever possibly want mm. is just a few clicks away mm. i do think it can be quite daunting and yeah. you know one of my great passions in life is trying to make marketing a lot simpler for people to understand mm. and a lot simpler for people to do and yeah. the problem with the internet is that there is a lot of stuff out there that is complicated and yeah. there's a lot of stuff out there that's very academic and you know you go looking for how to put together a marketing strategy or how to put together a marketing plan and you'll immediately start seeing articles about SWOT analysis and pest analysis and Boston grids and Maslow's hierarchy of needs and the four P's of marketing or is it the seven P's of marketing <laughs> and most people will think oh my I just have not got the time for this but I think what you're doing is you're just bringing it into a local level and mm. saying let's talk about this from a simple point of view and let's just boil it down to the basics and the fact is everybody's business people and they want to learn and I think you've created a great environment for that learning to take place and yeah. it's I confidence think, I think you're right I think there well. is um there's so much information out there there's almost too much information mm. out there for people and I think it just shows as well that there's still um there's still a place for face-to-face -face, you know contact and face-to-face yeah. -face groups um and this idea of actually all getting together in the same the same room. But yeah, I think it is about someone just bringing bringing the relevant parts of the of the puzzle together and giving the the information that's most relevant for those people at that time. So so yeah, I'm really glad I did it. It's one of the best things I've ever done. So so was it the work that you've been doing with your local group? that effectively attracted the attention of Lancaster University so that they came along to you and started to have a chat with you about this intriguing role that you have which is the entrepreneur in residence at Lancaster University. Yeah um, it was actually um, quite separate really it was mm -hmm. um, our local chamber um, were running some EU funded um, an EU funded course mm -hmm ran throughout um well the end of 2016 um and then the majority of 2017 and um it was one of the uh, professors was doing some research on um entrepreneurs what makes them tick what's influenced them who's inspired them throughout their life and um he actually came around to my house and did an interview with me. And I think I got talking quite a bit about my sort of passion for helping women. I think that that sort of stuck with him because he has quite a few uh, female students um, and the female students, particularly from um, overseas, um, many from Japan. He struggled to help them get integrated and they were the sort of very, very quiet and he struggles to bring them out of himself. And within the university, there aren't a huge amount of female role models. So he asked whether I would be interested. And um, 
course I jumped at jumped at the chance because I think it's just a great way to be able to, to sort of give back a little bit and um you know if I can help inspire in them then that that brings me you know huge satisfaction um because I think when when I was at, at school becoming setting up your own business and becoming an entrepreneur was not something that was ever talked about it wasn't really something that I necessarily thought was an option and I I wish you know I'd been perhaps inspired at that age and then I could have I could have maybe cut out all of those years you know you know not being satisfied in my work not being satisfied in my job and and perhaps done something a lot sooner I mean everything happens for a reason so you know possibly I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today if it hadn't been for that but yeah I, I love the idea of being able to just show people that there are other options um, and there's so many opportunities out there so hopefully it'll be a great way for me to work with them one-to-one and yeah provide a little you know a little bit of inspiration hopefully and is the idea that you'll you'll effectively do similar sort of things with the students as you are doing with the the local women Possibly the opportunities are endless, really. And mm. I think they're really eager to do lots of different things. Um, I'm going in um, in a couple of weeks. There's a workshop on presentation skills, basically, and public yeah. speaking. So I'll be working with them on that kind of thing. But then in a couple of months' time, I'm going in for a couple of days. And that's more about they put forward ideas for businesses um, mm-hmm. and business models. And it's about uh, talking through all of the students' different ideas and um, potential challenges and that kind of thing so it should be really really interesting but there's loads I'd like to do because I kind of like to combine the work that I do within hot content with um, with the entrepreneur in residence role if I can kind of open up the world of content marketing to them um, it may just help them with a lot of the business ideas that they have um, you know, it may really help them with those, and and in the future with what they go on to do, it would be great to be able to to teach them more about content marketing. Why? What do you think is the issue that we have? Not, I was going to say in the UK, but it's probably an, a worldwide thing that women sometimes aren't as represented as they should be in quite a lot of industries. Mm. Um, well, I I do think um, a lot of it is. Um, biology at this at this stage I didn't realize until I had my first child um what the obstacles are for women really I wouldn't say I'm a feminist now um I have a a lovely husband and you know he's very very hands-on and very very helpful but I think it's the way society is still set up that it is expected that that the women take the maternity leave and the men go back to work. I know they get a couple of weeks paternity if they want it. And I know things like this, you know, they're looking at, at changing things a little bit, but it is still very much geared up that the majority of the, the care does fall to the women. And I do think that's one of the main the main reasons that, yeah. And, and the problems with childcare as well, it's just not really feasible for a lot of women to put the children in childcare to to build up their business or progress their career because for a lot of them it's just not worth the, the, the cost of the yes. childcare. So I, th- I do think until there are huge changes with the childcare system, I don't think we will see a huge change in, in women being represented in, in the workplace and fulfilling their potential really. <laughs> but what you've identified and what you're doing something about is the mm-hmm. fact that people can start businesses from their homes. Yeah. People can use digital technology can use 
digital marketing to create their own businesses without having to leave the home and therefore that should help them with some of the child um, care arrangements if necessary so I think today yeah. you're you're sort of blazing a absolutely path I mean if, if I can just um, help a little bit in that way and showing people that there is perhaps um, a way that they can still still as I say do the school run still do all the the other things that they need to do but but still have a successful business by using the power of the internet and, and all the rest of it, then it would be great to be able to make a little bit of difference that way because that that's essentially what I've, I've been able to do. You know, I'm in a very, very fortunate position where I still take my children to school every day and pick them up, bar certain, certain days where I have to go to meetings or I'm running a workshop or something like that. But the majority of the time I'm able to, to have a, you know, a successful business and be there for my children as well. And I consider myself very, very privileged because I don't know many other people who who have the best of both worlds, really. And if there was one thing that you'd like the listeners of the Marketing and Finance podcast to take away from your experiences of building hot content, of launching your local group for women and becoming the entrepreneur in residence at Lancaster University, what would that one thing be? I think um, for me, it's this idea of being yourself in business. When I worked um, in a state agency, it was all about, I felt that everyone around me was playing the game, really. And I think it's probably like that in, in many, many industries. But I didn't feel comfortable. I never felt that I could be myself necessarily. I felt that um, you always had to say the right things. Yeah. And I felt like I was I had to pretend I was somebody I wasn't really. And I think I've now, you know, I have this business where I am me, you know, I communicate with people exactly the same way in a workshop as I do if I met them in the pub on a Friday night, not that I ever get to go to the pub anymore. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And just in the same way as I would if I was, you know, met them on the fell, you know, it's, it's just about this. And I love that. And I love that because I feel like I can be true to myself. And I think there's a real call for that now and i think that's that's how people want to actually communicate with businesses is is in this more personal way and if i think if people can see the people behind a business um and the people behind a company they're much more likely to be drawn into working with them because of who they are it's the you know the age old saying of people buy from people and i think that's actually truer now than it's perhaps ever been since the the internet I think people have sort of detached from brands a little bit and I think it's about you know bringing it back to that that human element and I just love being able to yeah to be myself really and um, I've met so many friends I mean that's the one thing I didn't see coming from setting up a business it's the the amazing people that I've met and actually people that I have worked with and worked alongside who've actually become, become friends. It's just amazing. Yeah, and of course, producing content as a way of marketing your business is so much different to the old style, in-your-face mm. advertising, in-your-face selling. Now, of course, we all want sales, but I think the days of grabbing somebody by the scruff of the neck and saying, buy from me, buy from me, buy from me, are all gone now. Today, it is all about trust. And you can build trust with people if you answer their questions and you create content that they actually want to consume. Mm. Natalie, I also like to discuss with my um, guests 
a marketing campaign or a product or something that you've seen recently that's really made you sit up and think, wow, it doesn't need to be related to the industry that you're working in or what you do day to day. But tell me, what have you seen recently that's really made you sit up and think, wow, like that? Um, well, it kind of is related to my industry um, quite directly. And it's not so much a campaign or anything like that. It's more a, a business model, really, I guess. And that's the, the membership model. Um, I'm a member of two, three, actually, membership communities now. Yes. Um, this whole idea of being part of an online community and being on a, as cheesy as it sounds, has been on a journey um, <laughs> with... Um, many other sort of like-minded people all over the UK and often the world um, and actually developing relationships with people even though you may never have met them has been a real eye-opener for me really and I personally couldn't have achieved what I have to date without having been a member of these communities Mm. and I think especially since setting up the women's group it's something that I would love to to, to actually look at, at doing myself at some point is to sort of take that more online and to, you know, help train people and help um, teach them about content marketing, um, you know, as part of an online training membership community. Mm-hmm. I just think there's a real place for it. As we were sort of saying before, yes, you know, there's not, not a single piece of information you couldn't get from anywhere on the internet that that's probably contained within these membership communities but not in not necessarily in the right way and not necessarily all brought into one place so it's easy to consume and digest and and again it's it's more than anything about the people that you you get to meet through the communities really um so so yeah again more of a kind of a business model but i hadn't really come across this this idea of a an online membership community before I joined one myself and yeah been a revelation for me really and it's interesting quite a few of these communities like content marketing academy in my mind are doing a lot better for their members than some of the old fuddy-duddy traditional companies and Natalie have you read a really good business book recently if so tell us what it was and what you liked about it I have I can't I can't just give you one it's got to be two I'm afraid <laughs> go on then let's see I can't give you both I'm not even giving you one no, <laughs> let's have both let's have both it's neck and neck well the first one has got to be Marcus Sheridan's they ask you answer it's just for anybody who um, struggles with knowing what to write about and how to write it um, and is unfamiliar perhaps with the whole concept of content marketing it's just the most yeah digestible book you could ever read it's Mm. one of those books that you think gosh that's so straightforward and simple but why has nobody else ever said it yeah Uh, so yeah it changed everything for me and I've spoken to many people for whom it's it's changed everything it just you know if you if you read that book and don't come away with uh, you know loads of ideas on what to write then there's something amiss it's it's great for inspiration and the other one um has to be um, mark schaefer's book known his most recent book um it brings together this idea of personal branding but he looks at whether becoming known is something that anybody can achieve yeah. and i love the way mark approaches everything in quite um quite an academic quite a scientific way really he sort of analyzes all the data that he collects so he interviewed over 70 uh, different people who had become known in their sphere whatever that sphere may have been and worked out that they all did 
for particular things, none of which I'll talk about because you have to read the book. But yeah, it's one of those books that you just read and you feel like, wow, I could go and take over the world now. It's fantastic. Yeah. So they're, they're definitely my two favourites. Great stuff, Natalie. And I'm hoping that people listening to the podcast might want to get in touch with you, especially if you're listening to this and you live in Cumbria and you don't know Natalie. What's the best way that people should connect with you? Um, I'm active on um, Twitter at Hot Content UK, uh, Facebook. My Facebook page is um, just forward slash Hot Content. And my website, um, www.hotcontent.co.uk. So it's hot content all the way. It is. It is. <laughs> Indeed. And I'll include links to those contact details and the books you mentioned in the show notes of the podcast, which you can find at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash M-A-F. That's rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash M-A-F. Natalie, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you today about hot content, about what you're doing for women in the local community, helping them build their own businesses, and of course, your entrepreneur in residency at Lancaster University. Let me wish you every success for the future. And as we're both members of CMA, I'm sure we'll be bumping into each other again very shortly. I'm sure we will. Thanks so much, Roger. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Do please look at the show notes at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash M-A-F for links to the apps and topics and books we discussed. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on iTunes. Simply visit rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash iTunes and leave a review. I'll catch you on the next episode. In the meantime, keep marketing your business to keep growing your business.